Max, we're back with another episode of the Middlemen Podcast. And because it's the international break, let's talk boxing. And England actually doing pretty well on the football front. That They're only a point away from qualifying in the World Cup. From Eddie Hearn's point of view, he's had a shocker this weekend. Two of his fighters losing. Kid Galahad lost to Kiko Martinez and your girl Terry Harper losing as well. And let's start with Kid Galahad. Suffered a devastating defeat in it. In his maiden defence of the IBF World Featherweight title, leading to a brutal knockout in the sixth round by Spaniard Kiko Martinez. Now, Galahad, 31, fighting in his home city at the Utilita Arena in Sheffield. You'd expect him to win. Martinez, never really heard of him before. Not ashamed to admit that. I didn't know a lot about him. For Galahad now, is it time to hang up his gloves or, or can you see a rematch on the card? I'm not sure about a rematch. Um, I'm pretty sure Eddie Hearn will do everything in his power to... Uh to get that rematch clause in for obviously Galahad losing his belt he's done it with Joshua when he lost to Usyk um, and he probably will with the Harper fight as well uh, just to try and get his fighters regain their belts but yeah upset of the year um, I would say surpasses Usyk Joshua in how big of an upset this was because first time I watched obviously I knew about Kiko Martinez before his resume Although his resume has a lot of losses on them, they're losses to top caliber guys. You've got Leo Santa Cruz, Carl Frampton, a uh, whole, whole load of featherweight royalty, right? So I watched him fight uh, Zalfa Barrett, I think, as earlier this year or last year. Um, so then when I saw, I think he won one fight after that Barrett fight, after losing to Barrett. It was a close fight, mind. Like, Martinez didn't get beaten convincingly. Um, but when I saw this fight get announced, I was like, why is he deserving of this then? Uh, but he showed us on the weekend. He showed us why he's deserving of it. And now he's IBF world champion. And I did not see it coming. And I don't think anyone did in the arena either. Because Galahad was dominating uh, all those five rounds. All it took, two punches. And that was it. Two overhand rights. And, and it's done. So crazy, crazy night. Didn't see any of those fights going to plan the way they actually did. Um and yeah just two two devastating losses uh, probably a third in a couple months for Eddie Hearn as well uh, having Joshua take another out on his record as well it's not been a great year for him uh, but maybe with these rematch clauses in intact now they can possibly go and uh, go and fight to get their belts back well that's it like you said it, it was literally two massive blows in the sixth and that it was all over but if you think back to other big upsets I think you can argue that Joshua against Ruiz was complacent uh, and you look back at other upsets in boxing history and most of the time it's because the favourite just gets complacent do you think that was the case here or do you think it, li- it literally was a white Povetkin all of a sudden the fight changes like that and it's over I think it's a bit of both to be honest bro like you've got you've got that kind of element of not complacency in it because I know how hungry Galahad was like I think Galahad's been deserving of being a world champion in that division for a long time now so I can't imagine he got complacent since he got his belt, especially given the fact it was his first defence. If it was like his fifth or his sixth, maybe you can kind of say there's an element of complacency in there. But I think he's hungry to defend it. Maybe there was a bit of underestimating Kiko Martinez. Maybe he was overlooking him a little bit. I could definitely argue that. But it also had that kind of white Povetkin thing in it where it's just one shot and it's, and it's done, you know. But... It's, it's it's also a lesson you know you say Galahad's 31 uh, he'll go again I you know when people take a loss in their early 30s in boxing people always kind of like 
teetering on the, oh, is he going to think about retiring now? But, you know, he is a great boxer. Um, he's enjoyable to watch. So I think he can take this as a lesson. Learn to just stop dropping his lead hand when the over, overhand right comes. Because, you know, it's it's kind of... Not to say, you know, he doesn't know the basics of boxing. Of course, he's, he's a world-class... He's a world-champion boxer. But he, he, he can look back at it and he can understand that there's improvements to make. And if he can make those improvements, then... I think he can be a two-time world champion in, as a featherweight. Well, like you said earlier, he, he wasn't expecting it. He's only lost once, and that's to Josh Warrington, who who is a massive name. But not that Kiko Martinez isn't a name, but like we said, he's he's not he's not huge. He's not in that elite bracket of of names when you think of boxers. But for Eddie Hearn, as we touched on, he's, he's had a really bad 2021. I'd argue. I mean, Anthony Joshua hasn't done well. Kigala had now Terry Harper, and you, you go through several of his fighters, and, and this year hasn't been a good year for him. Yeah, I'd say um, I saw a lot of people saying that on social media and I was like, yeah, fair enough. But when you kind of factor in the fact that he got that two-fight deal with Canelo, then you're thinking, actually, probably financially, I don't think Eddie Hearn's ever financially had a bad year. But as yeah, as far as fighters, his top fighters as well losing and his world champions losing, um, then yeah, it's, it's been it's been a, a bad one for him. And just that, that, that Terry Harper fight as well took me... Uh, took me by storm as well obviously um, got a bit of a soft spot for Terry because mm-hmm. I watched a uh, February I think, I think it was February 2020 win a first world title um, in that same arena as well basically in that same ring and then uh, had the chance to speak to her in late December uh, last year what's she like? yeah no she's just she's just the most like because I was pretty worked up before the interview because I was like oh my god it's, a, it's my first world champion yeah. I'm interviewing I got a bit giddy um but when you just speak to her, she's just like another person from Doncaster. And, and that's the great thing. That's not saying that boxers that aren't from Britain are like that, but I find with the British world champions, they're just so down to earth. They have that humbleness about them. Um, there was just no no ego on her at all. So it just, it made it so easy to just uh, chat to her. And that's that's why it hurt to uh, to watch her get stopped the way she did on the weekend as well. Is a uh, tough loss for her to take, but I'm sure, you know, she's so young, she'll go again as well. Yeah, she will. She, she lost to Alicia Baumgardner, we think that's how we say it. It's yeah. a pretty <laughs> difficult one to pronounce, but the American Alicia, and again, a bit like Martinez, not too well known, but she, she's clearly a decent fighter. She showed that, and that's the beauty of boxing. You can go into a fight and you don't... It, it's like the FA Cup in a way, but every week on a Saturday night, you can go into a fight and you can take on a real big boy, and there's always a chance because that is boxing there's always a chance that you can beat them always a puncher's chance mate and uh, that that is that is the fun of it you just sometimes you just think given the way that fights are lined up you, you don't expect it to happen obviously uh, in the Harper's case there's been so much talk around unifications around kind of unifying that whole division especially now because uh, I think it was last week or the week before Michaela Meyer uh, just got another world title as well so I think she's now got a couple um, so we're really looking at like everyone's looking at undisputing that so Baumgartner didn't obviously come in with a world title she was just a contender I think a voluntary contender though um, that Harper wanted to take on so it was just it was just a big big banana skin because Baumgartner's power I hadn't watched a fight before that's the thing and then I saw her round one looking sharp she had that she had that kind of style with the hands down low but then she'll just like swing one over the top and not like Deontay Wilder, but <laughs> kind of like Deontay Wilder. So that's our comparison, that division. isn't it? Yeah. I think she's a lot more fundamentally um, adept, but she just has that power. For that division, she just has, like, ridiculous power. And, you know, that that was seen when she landed that shot on Terry. It was like, Terry could do nothing about it. Do you know what I mean? It stiffened her legs up. 
need to shout out the ref massively because that is when I saw it first I didn't see I didn't see her reaction so I just saw her go into the ref and the ref stopped I was like you're mm. just taking one shot what are you doing man why are you stopping the fight <laughs> and then I saw the replays she was in zombie land she just stiffened up like had her back turned as well and uh, as you if, if you watch it watch the replay Bongana was literally coming in with that left hand as well and that ref potentially has stopped long-term damage to Terry for that because when the fighters follow up with those other shots you see it in the UFC a lot as well when you knock them down then they follow up with big hammer fists when you're on the floor so those are the really damaging shots that kind of stay with a fighter so for the ref to stop in and stop that like those punches from full force happening is uh, huge from him and yeah that, that was massive for the ref to do that well, stop it the way he did there you go I mean how often do we talk about refs in that way it's, it's usually the complete other way around you think back to uh, Joyce DeBar or Josh Taylor's fights and the amount of times referees we've both said on this podcast have got it wrong or should have stopped the fight or have missed something absolutely vital so that's really refreshing from the ref's point of view and there are so many different ways that we could take this forwards going into Liam Williams but I want to start with Mr. Is it it's Ben Shalom, isn't it? But yeah, I, I believe that's how you say it. But um, obviously, I mean, you'd be uh, pretty familiar with the surname more than <laughs> I, I would. The, 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 the surname I can translate. So uh, Ben Shalom, he's he, he's essentially the new guy on the block in terms of boxing promoters. He's got his promotion Boxer, which is B O X. Is it double R, triple I? Plenty of R. Double double X, I think. Double X. I'm not sure. Yeah, weird spelling. Yeah, but boxer, and he's going to be the one co-promoting uh, Eubank Junior versus Liam Williams. And I, I, I've been reading up on him because, admittedly, again, you know, he's just coming up. Didn't know a lot about him. There's not much on him. But he said he does not want to be compared to Eddie Hearn. Eddie Hearn had Barry Hearn, and the two roots are just they can't compare to each other. This Ben's Shalom's come through his own way and has made it for himself and obviously Eddie and Eddie's the first to admit that he had it handed to him a little bit so he doesn't want them compared but he looks like an exciting guy with fresh ideas yeah for sure and I think that's exactly what Sky needed after the the breakup with with Matchroom because that's obviously huge to them and I was wondering where they would go from here but I knew Boxer was um I'm not sure who was broadcasting them but they had their own tournaments that's where um the likes of Florian Marku would come from Mm. Uh, when they would just do their whole super series um, which was really fun to watch but they can just take off now uh, with the backing of Sky it's it's huge and to be fair I can give you a little insight into Boxer when I was um, I was social media managing for a boxing brand not too long ago I'll see you all know <laughs> and uh, we were in contact with them as well and they were always messaging us asking for uh, if we wanted to be part of something that they were doing and they were always so they're in touch with the lo- the local brands and yeah yeah the and, community. and just um just looking for partnerships with whatever endeavor they kind of wanted to go on and they were looking for people to bring in so i think that that's a credit to uh ben's ideas and and how his mind works is just he's always looking for something to do and um I, I think you know he really does deserve to have jumped on the sky the sky broadcast because that that will obviously do huge things for his company and you can tell like how hard working he was to try and get there and to try and you know give boxer that extra boost and and now he has he has that platform and um it'll be you know exposed in uh in shining lights now on december the 11th with uh with williams versus eubank so absolutely that i mean let's go on to williams and eubank williams will face chris eubank jr he's wanted the fight for a while he told us that he wanted the fight 
when when did he in April? It might, it might, might have been, been earlier than that. Earlier than it April. Might have been about uh, well, yeah, sometime earlier this year when last time we got to chat to him. Was episode it was, one. It, episode one. It was. It was before the Andrade fight, and, and Liam Williams came on, and uh, he spoke about uh, Chris Eubank, and he spoke about Andrade. So he's wanted this fight for a while, and it's for the middleweight. Well, it's not for the middleweight anything. It's just a middleweight title fight. Yeah. There's no, no. It's just a middleweight fight. There's no titles on the line. I, yeah, I, I think there might be with the amount of regional titles mm. and the interims and what goes on now that there might be something worth fighting for. But it's obviously not a world world title fight, but it will obviously shoot them up in the rankings. And I think the winner sooner or later will get another chance at a title shot. Well, that, that's what it's all about. And I, I think for Liam Williams, it's also about let's face a Eubank and let's see if I can beat him. Especially after the Andrade lost, obviously uh, Chris Eubank Jr. has lost twice, Billy Joe Saunders and. Ooh. Is it James DeGale? I tell you what, I've got it in my notes. He lost to Billy Joe Saunders. I think that was like 2014, wasn't it? And he yeah, also back in the day. Chris Eubank. We'll find it. He's he's lost twice in his career. But anyway, it was George Groves, 2018. George Groves. So there you go. We've got one, it. Um, but, but okay, rankings. Is there a lot more to lose for Chris Eubank Jr. than Liam Williams? It, it seems like you're going to fight in Cardiff. You're entering the Lions Den. For me, why take this fight when Liam Williams? We know as well as anyway he's, he's a dangerous boxer it's a dangerous fight for Chris but you you have to give him credit for doing that do you know what I mean because a lot of fighters will see that they'll realise how how much of a dog Liam Williams is in that ring and you'll say I don't want to fight him anywhere let alone in his back garden so got to applaud Chris Eubank Jr. for doing that that's that's huge uh, huge for him and it's, it's I like the loss for either man will be a big loss big loss for them I wouldn't say career-defining. I think they can get... They've both got enough time, enough years in the bank to get themselves back on their feet after it. Um, but, I mean, it would be... It would both be their third loss. I think they've lost twice, so it would be their third one. Um, and, as you know, in boxing, just one loss is devastating enough. It it denies you a lot of opportunities, so it'll be a hard way back to the top uh, for whichever fighter loses on December 11th. I think it'd be harder for Williams. Eubank's got the name. Eubank's got... Everyone... Yeah. thing is, if we went up to a general member of the public, not necessarily a boxing fan, you said Chris Eubank, they, they think of senior and, and they might know junior. But if you said Liam Williams, how many people realistically yeah, would know th- Liam probably Williams? probably think of the rugby player. They I mean, probably would. It, it breaks my heart because uh, <laughs> I, if, if you ever Google images, just Liam Williams, it comes it up comes with up the rugby, rugby player. player. Like, come on, put some, res- put some respect on his name, man. Well, that's it. And so I, I know you said that, okay, even if Liam loses, there's there's more hope there. But I, I, don't, I think this could be last chance saloon. I really do. In terms, of, in terms of his future career and really making a big name for himself, really becoming a proper celebrity and a proper a proper name in boxing yeah I think to as far as the, as far as the world stage at least goes I think uh, I think it's a must win fight if he wants another title shot again which I think a win could actually um, help generate then it's just it's just mad to see what ends of the spectrum a win and a loss put you on a loss potentially you can never get a world title shot again a win a world title shot might be your next fight so it's just crazy how boxing works like that but that puts even more pressure and even more importance on, on what this fight means to, to both these guys. Yeah, it's like Derby County, 90 minutes away from the playoff final. Now yeah. they're staring League One in the face. Um, but I think this could be, going back to Liam Williams and, and Chris Eubank Jr., the biggest domestic fight this year. I, I don't I don't see a bigger fight than this this year. Yeah, no, I put that on my sport, on my um, Twitter. Sorry, everyone. Follow, follow Max Taylor Sports tweet. Um, I did say, because there's talk about uh, Cal Brook and Amir Khan signing and I, I said, this Williams Eubank Jr. W- way bigger uh, of a domestic fight in 2021 than 
when you're looking at the actual year of 2021, that it's a way bigger fight than Khan, what Khan and Brook would uh, deliver. Yeah. So obviously, I had a chat with uh, Matty as well, commented and said, yeah, well, look, Khan and Brook has got the history. I was like, yeah, that no, that's true. And it's probably, they're more household names for the casual, but what the excitement and the importance that this fight brings is just is unmatched uh, as far as British fighting goes in, in this year. Well, like we said earlier, we spoke to Liam Williams on our first podcast, and here's what he had to say ahead of both Bruno Andrade and Chris Eubank Jr. We all think the same thing. I'm, I'm sure his team would have other ideas. Uh, both of the teams, you know, they're going to... Uh, obviously, they're going to believe in their man, but, you know, I I fully believe I'm gonna, I'll wipe the floor with a pair of them. There was Liam Williams saying that he's going to make light work of, of both of them, and obviously that didn't happen with Bruno Andrade, but whether he means it or not with Chris Eubank Jr., I guess we'll have to wait and see. Not far off. Let's go back now. Was it last weekend? Probably probably the biggest fight of the year. I mean, we speak about that being the biggest domestic fight of the year. The biggest world fight of the year. Canelo Alvarez, Caleb Plant. Canelo Alvarez becoming the undisputed super middleweight champion, beating the previously undefeated Caleb Plant with a left hook and a follow-up uh, right upper uh, in the 11th round. Canelo Alvarez, the WBA, WBC, WBO, IBF champion. Max, I know you love the and guy. The ring. And, and the, the ring. And the ring. And the ring. I know you love the guy. What a fighter. What a fight. Yeah, it was... Uh, I think it's I think it's everything it played up to. Like, if you've been watching Canelo long enough, you probably could have saw the fight going that way. Maybe some people who hadn't watched him a lot were maybe expecting a bit more action before it. But got to give props to Caleb Plant. He came in. He lasted 11 rounds with him. And, and he looked good doing it. Do you know what I mean? Uh, he, he was winning rounds. Canelo's a bit of a slow starter nowadays. He likes to kind of build up and, and go into the fight. That's, that's what I really thought about before the um, Billy Joe Saunders fight got stopped. I thought he's going to knock him out in this next round because you could see him growing into it. And he just he grows into the fight as the fight progresses. But that's what you need from a champion when there's 12 rounds to go. That's the, that's the type of engine you need. Saying that, it didn't really work when... Uh, for slow starters like Lomachenko when he fought Lopez he left it too late and lost but Lomachenko hasn't got knockout power like this super no. middleweight king does so he was able to to get him out of there um, and you just you just see how he walks him down I, I think he can do that to anyone but a, a world champion like heavyweight I think he can, he can walk any man down with di- like disrespectful like no no respect for their power apart from Artur Baturbiev and Dmitry Bivol I think he's doing it to anyone he can fight does, he saw him do it with Golovkin as well does he jump up a division now he, he's he's completed that one I mean he doesn't have anything else to prove in in that division in the super middle division go go up now fight fight at a higher level yeah I think I think that's the bigger challenge for him but the thing is now you've got every super middleweight that's winning a fight you saw um, David Benavidez won a fight on the weekend and now, like everyone, once was a step up. Yeah, everyone's calling for that fight uh, with Canelo. So, so many people want Canelo to fight different people, and th- that's really tough as a champion because there's always been talks about him avoiding, um, like uh, Jamal Charlo. Mm. So, I, I personally, the light heavyweights are way more of a challenge to Canelo, and will just give him so much more of a harder fight than Charlo would. But then. So if he steps up and fights the light heavyweights, then he's going to have all of Charlo's fans complaining, saying, you're avoiding him because he's you know got- he's going to beat you. So so in that regard, he does have something to prove, but I think unifying all the titles, taking all the titles, he hasn't got... He's, he's completed the division. He's completed that division. So I think 
stepping up now to 175, fighting the hardest punching guy that isn't a heavyweight in Artur Baturbiev. That's the fight to make. That is huge. And I think that's the only loss. Uh, that's the only person that can beat Canelo, in my opinion. Big statement. Uh, I, I suppose you've also got to think, if you're Canelo, why why tarnish the legacy? You, you've done it all now. Why jump a level and, and then lose a couple of fights and have those on your record? You've only ever lost to Mayweather. If you don't lose to anyone else, that is one exceptional career. He's had an exceptional career. He's the best pound-for-pound boxer in the world right now. And uh, I guess here's a question, Max. At what point do you start talking about Canelo as one of if not the greatest ever where, where do you put him up you've got Mayweather you've got Ali and you've got so many other greats you go back to people like Foreman and, and Marciano but where does Canelo rank now I think for me no matter what happens in Canelo's career I just I love Sugar Ray Robinson <laughs> too much to ever and Robinson of course to ever put um, Canelo above him but he's, he's he's gunning for that top five or the top three the problem is with these GOAT talks it's always arguable do you know what I mean? You can make a case for any like all-time great. You could probably try and make a case for them uh, being the, the best ever. Uh, so it's just so subjective. But for me, if he carries if he carries on the way he's going, if he beats Artur Baturbiev and unifies a couple of um, a couple of titles at light heavyweight, I think he's he's got to be he's got to be top four. He's got to be yeah. top four to ever do it. Yeah, I would say Robinson Floyd him and then and then you obviously you've got your your Pacquiao's your Joe Louis knocking around there at, at the top there as well um but I, I think he's knocking on that list very soon but he could retire tomorrow and I'd say do you know what fair play to him fair play you, you just walked away you know with the as, as the first super middleweight to ever become undisputed what more does he have to do what more does he have to serve to boxing apart from the ungrateful people that are just fans of other fighters that he hasn't fought yet he's got nothing to prove so it's up but but he won't he won't do that because and this is a rare because he just he loves the sport and he's a winner and he's a winner serial winner dedicated his whole life to it and he's not he's not just there for the money do you know what i mean he's in the gym it's what he loves he's and and you can't argue against that that is not untrue no yeah no yeah that is not untrue (laughs) I was not sure if I meant to say that's um, a lie then. No, it's, it's not a lie because uh, of how active he fights. The the how, how active he is. How many fights he had this year? Like three? This year, yeah. I, I think he's yeah. had Yildirim, uh, Billy Joe Saunders, Plant. Plant, like, yeah. and then And then he had Callum Smith to the back end of 2020. So that's four fights within a year. Tell me what person in the top pound for pound is... is it's, fight, it's fighting that regularly and to that level Ter- Terence Crawford has his fight next weekend and his last fight was Brook in November last year right yeah. but he's he's what like you could argue he's second or third pound for pound but no one else is, is fighting as active as, as Canelo is so that's that's a testament to how much he loves the sport and, and how dedicated he is to it absolutely I mean, I mean to be fair to Chris Eubank Jr he, he fights very regularly uh, he tends to have a, he tends to have a lot of fights in pretty close proximity um, but but going back to your point on, on Canelo and, and retiring and, and walking away or carrying on I mean you can do it two ways you can do it the Nico Rosbow way in F1 where he won the world championship and that was it one was enough he proved his point he'd done it and he retired same with loads of drivers British drivers James Hunt did the same thing or, or you can do it with the Ronaldo way where Cristiano Ronaldo is still however, what is he 30, 35, 36, 37 36, yeah something like that still going 
in the best league in the world, still desperate to win. And that's, I think, the way, like you say, Canelo uh, will go. And just finally on that Canelo plant fight, there was a lot of exchanges prior to it, a lot of beef between the two. Uh, it got a, it got hostile, it got a bit nasty. But after the fight, and I'll read you the dialogue, Canelo insisted, he said to, he said to Plant, don't be ashamed, you're a great fighter. I'm sorry for everything, but at the end of the day, we're men and we're human. I'm sorry for everything. Plant responded saying, can I tell you something? When I said mother, effer, I would never talk about your mother like that because I don't have my mother. She died. Canelo replied, you have a really good family, a really beautiful family. You are my family. So it's nice to see it. at the end of it all there is a massive respect between these two great great boxers yeah and um if if, if you don't know about the Caleb Plant story yet look into that because that is that is a true underdog story to come from where he came from with the traumas that he had he, he lost his little daughter as well um to go through all that and still come out and be fighting a generational talent like Canelo Alvarez that's you know he's, he's done his little daughter he's done his mum proud he's done he's done everyone everyone proud that's just huge I, I can't, you can't respect that anymore and, and that's what Canelo was saying he's respected that um, as he should I, look I've never been told that I'm biased on Canelo but I feel, I feel like I speak of him so highly that people would be under that impression but when you hear things like that it's just it's hard so not hard not to like him it, do you know what I mean a man who dedicates his life to the sport who, who's so committed to, to winning and then who has a, a beautiful you know sentiment like that after after beating a guy, you see, and, and he's got winning. a big heart. He really does. Yeah, he, he has such a big heart, man. So he's just he's just a great human too. So obviously, you know, you can check in about his drug. You can always find something to tarnish but, a box. But with every sportsman, every sportsman has that. Tyson Fury's had that. Yeah. Every, not just in boxing, but across the board, tax problems with Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. Every single sportsman at the very top level, There's some kind of flaw or, or, or rumored flaw. Yeah, exactly. There, Maria Sharapova in tennis. You look yeah. everywhere, and and every in every sport, there will be an elite level sportsman that has a flaw, and, and great men as well. You look back in history, Nelson Mandela, Winston Churchill. They've all had their flaws. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, what they've achieved in their lives and their careers just remarkable and uh, and off that and I can't remember the exact words you used but we, we were talking about this earlier off off mic and we were just saying how lucky we are to be in a generation to have grown up in a generation of these unbelievable talents from Canelo Alvarez to Floyd Mayweather who we grew up with uh, to Lewis Hamilton and F1 to Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi in football and tennis to Roger Federer and Novak Djokovic and even Andy Murray in terms of British talent we are so lucky and so fortunate to have, have really been brought up on okay you know we didn't have a Maradona or a Pele but we've had the equivalent and in terms of talent it's hard to see it's hard to see any getting any better I know it will because it always does but sitting in the position we are now when are you ever going to see a better fighter than Canelo Alvarez or we were lucky enough to have seen Floyd Mayweather if maybe Canelo Alvarez is the next Floyd Mayweather in terms of that goat level boxer but people like Vladimir Klitschko as well we're so lucky Max yeah and you're talking about Pele and uh, Maradona there not uh, us not uh, having been able to uh, witness them but what what other talents as big as them were in other sports at the time if, if you guys listening and watching can actually tell me then I'll say you know fair enough I was wrong but I don't think there's you had Ali I guess yeah yeah I don't, but I don't think there was so many other fighters or other athletes in other sports that were so good and made such a history and made such a, a dent into their sport that we have right now like in, in our generation 
I don't think there were there were as many. Like we got LeBron James as well. Yeah, that's and true. Obviously, there was a time where Michael Jordan was playing, where there were I think probably Maradona must have been playing at the time too. But I think we just have so many of them in so different sport in so many different sports now that are so huge and and are probably like knocking on the door of goat level themselves. So I think yeah, we're so blessed. And if you're a sports fan of anything, say say you just come on here to listen to the football or listen to the boxing. Go and watch. Go and watch these other sports because mm. even if you don't understand the sport too much and don't have the appreciation of the sport, you will just hear about what they do and and to actually just witness them and say, "Hey, do you know what? I was there. I watched history. We watched history happen yesterday with Hamilton. We did. Started tenth on the grid, finished first, qualified twentieth. Or, or like you said, I'm I'm not technically. I'm by no means an expert in F1, but but watching it, you can appreciate. You just know what you just know how important and how huge. That was yeah. what he accomplished. You can appreciate this miraculous comeback story and how Hamilton's fought his way through the grid. Okay, Max, Red Bull could could they've done better? I don't know. It was it was hard yeah. with the way uh, Mercedes pushed them and yeah, of course with that racing incident as well when Max pushed him off the track. I, I thought it was quite amazing. I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I love Max's aggression. He just brings something to the sport that um, don't mind that. That's why I love that's what Schumacher it, yeah. did. Uh, that's that's what Max Verstappen's doing now. Max, it, as in Max, Max. Uh, <laughs> if and just to end the podcast on on this note, and it's a question to you, and I'll give you my answer. If you could have seen any sportsman live going back to to Ali or to Maradona or, or whoever, or it could be Kenny Dalglish for you because you're a Liverpool mm. fan. Who would you have seen if you could go with George Best? Anyone? Oh, that's 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 so hard, you know. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's so hard to pick between. Obviously, you know, it's, it's no surprise that my favourite sport would be boxing. So it probably has to be a boxer. But at the same time, obviously, I never did get to watch Steven Gerrard play. Yeah, yeah. And like, I it would be hard to find a more evoking game than watching him play in Istanbul. Mm. And and if I was there to watch that, um, and obviously you know Gerard is not like one of the best ever, like footballers. Obviously huge historic footballer, obviously. But when we we're talking about like you've been talking about these elite yeah. athletes, but for me to be there in that crowd to watch him play and guide the team to winning that, um, I I think that's incomparable to everything else. You're, you're right, and one of my favourite sporting memories, and he's not someone that. I, I guess I was lucky enough to have seen it but he's not something I, I wish I could go back and watch over and over again it was Lampard and I'm a Chelsea fan and he scored against City in 2011 it was winter time it must have been about December and I remember he scored a penalty and it's the small things that you remember I was at Stamford Bridge watching that one um, but my answer again as a boxing fan Ali uh, maybe as an F1 fan Senna it's got to, it would be Ali or Senna but these guys that we we hear so much about but I think what's important to remember is we're lucky enough just breaking the table to, <laughs> to have our own and uh, we'll end it on that note Canelo Alvarez certainly one of the greats I'm going to figure out how to uh, put whatever I've just taken out the table back into commercial it. break we got to uh, <laughs> yeah, do, exactly. some, do some engineering <laughs> there you go we fixed up the table um, but yeah thanks for listening as always really enjoyed that Max and yeah we'll be back with more and hopefully we'll get a big guest on in the next few episodes yeah uh, thank you for listening guys thank you for watching as well uh, that is obviously a new feature that we've now instilled in the podcast episode 21 we got the little tripod in the corner over there watching on over <laughs> us so uh, we've now got a YouTube channel set up so head over to that if you want the visuals that is if you're listening to any audio streaming site any Spotify any Heart Radio, any of it 
uh, head over to YouTube if you like. But yeah, thank you for consuming our content. We appreciate it. And uh, we're going to give back to you by getting a big guest on very, very soon. So watch your space, guys. And uh, we'll be with you next week.